3: Welcome to the Reds October podcast. Uh, tonight we have many people here to talk Reds baseball with you. Uh, we're going to start with our special guest. First, we have Mo Egger from ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. Mo, how are you doing tonight?
0: I'm wonderful. Am I the special guest? You are one of them. Oh, God. oh so there's multiple. He said the... I thought there were guests and then there was a special guest, and I was the special guest because you introduced me first.
1: I know. You better introduce us yeah. way different, Coop.
0: So I'm what? not the special guest.
3: <laughs> You're special to me. How's that? Oh, that's great. I <laughs> uh, have to you- go in order. Go in order. Well, we're already out of order then because Carlos would have been first, or Branch <laughs> would have been first. Sorry. <laughs> um, we also have Wick Terrell on from redreporter.com. Wick? How are things out there, where you're, where you are?
4: Uh, it's still sunny. It's it's nice. Uh, I'm the undersecretary of special guests tonight, um, but I am very very glad to be here. Thank you for having me, and thank you for waiting on me as I uh, tried to figure out how to internet. So, uh, but I'm very very happy to be here.
3: It, it's no problem at all. This podcast exists in nineteen ninety eight in terms of the what we use to podcast, so it's fine. Everybody else uses more, you know, technologically advanced things, and we use the free stuff here on Hunt for Rides October. I like it. <laughs> uh, we also have Carlos on with us tonight. Carlos, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Just uh, sweating my balls off here in the garage where it's like 98 degrees.
3: Yeah, it's been a little warm in Texas here this week. Yeah, I got a friend. But I got happy a. To be here. I got a friend that lives. Actually, a little just north of you. He lives in, uh, I think, New Braunfels. I think it's called
1: New Braunfels. Yeah, nice.
3: and uh, I keep seeing all his pictures of the thermostats and him complaining. <laughs> so, yeah, well, yeah.
1: at least he's, he's got rivers all over around him, so he can go in those. I'm he, not feeling bad for him.
3: He's also got 57 kids, so that's the other thing. Yeah, he Shout po- out
0: Kev. Never mind. Shout
3: out to Kev. Never mind. Kev listens. Shout out, Kev. Yeah. Shout out to Kev. He he pops a kid out about every three weeks, so. Shout out to Kev and the family in the circus. Uh also got Callie on. Callie. How you doing?
2: Good. How are you doing, Coop?
3: Uh, I I guess I could be better, but then I couldn't be better, if that makes sense. Living the dream. Yes, exactly. Shout out to Polly. Uh we also hey <laughs> also got branch on. Branch. How are things over in your neck of the woods?
5: They're really good right now. Uh that that game yesterday was fantastic. It was finally we got like a fun one to cheer for, so I've actually been in a pretty good mood all day.
3: Was a fun game last night. Currently watching Buck Farmer throw some pitches here. Can't knifey spoony him because then it's it's bad. Then it's fuck Farmer. Get it, Nah. anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, the topic everybody seems to enjoy talking about this time of year is the trade deadline. Now it's August 2nd this year, just because of the, the delayed start to the season, but there's also already been a bunch of rumors of, uh, Luis Castillo being the main one, probably the best pitcher available. Also, uh, some interest in Brandon Drury, uh, and Tyler Malley, as long as he's healthy. Um, a lot of people, also, we're saying the Reds might try to attach Mike Moustakis to Luis Castillo to get rid of that contract. I hope they don't, because that would be awful and really hurt the return. Uh, Mo, your thoughts on... should the Obviously, the Reds are beyond out of it this year. Castillo still has another year to go before he's a free agent. Do the Reds need to be overwhelmed to move him this year? And if they're not, should they hold on to him for next year?
0: I think they need to be overwhelmed, but I—I I don't. I, I think they will be overwhelmed. I mean, if you—if you believe that he is the best available pitcher on the market um, with a with a history of durability, um, having an excellent season in his prime, um, with with the the added year of team control, who's not going to overwhelm them? I mean, you know, they're. I think sometimes we we drastically overstate what teams could get at the deadline, right? So, like Brandon Drury is not getting anybody who I think really moves the meter. and if and if they get somebody who does in exchange for him, then more power to him. But the return for players at the deadline historically isn't great. That's not just a Cincinnati thing. That's a major league baseball thing. so when when you have a guy, who could get you back in return, guys? Who could drastically move forward the idea of contending for something meaningful in a couple of years? I don't know how you don't do that. I, I, I don't know how, I, I don't know how you don't do that. And and given um, what people who know a hell of a lot more about the landscape of this league than me say about his his kind of place in the the, the trade landscape, I've got to think uh, that they're going to be able to create a good enough bidding war to pull the trigger on a deal that involves guys that drastically makes their pipeline of younger players slash prospects better. Um, they obviously don't have to trade them, and that that goes without saying. But I don't know. For me, I li- I've listened to for the last seven years, people lament the fact that when the Reds went through this the last time, they waited too long on any yep. number of guys, from Johnny Cueto to Todd Frazier to Jay Bruce to Roldus Chapman to uh, Mike Leak uh, uh, any number of guys that they could have dealt but held on to and watched their value diminish, and then they got 50 cents on the dollar or 20 cents on the dollar. They got nothing. I mean, there's there's nobody, nobody they got in any of those trades made any significant impact. You can't beat them up for that and then balk at the idea of trading Luis Castillo when his value is way up here. Obviously, none of us are going to know uh, for sure, exactly what sort of offers Nick crawl is being presented with. Um, But I, again, I, I just, I got to think that given uh, Luis's place atop the list of guys who could be had at the deadline, that they're going to get something that makes um, their overall long-term prospects better. And if they wait to the off season and now suddenly there's a bunch of free agents available and you don't have to, to trade for Luis Castillo, uh, you're going to sign a free agent instead. Or if we're having this conversation a year from now, whatever they get back and return this winter or or would they, what they would get back and return this winter or at this time of year from now, to me is going to pale in comparison to what they could get uh, on or around August 2nd.
3: Absolutely agree. Plus you're risking injury if you pass on trading him at his highest value. Now, obviously, if the Reds hadn't tried to tank and – they were actually contending nobody would be talking about trading him. But the reality is, like you were saying, the Reds the Reds' prospects, the top prospects in their organization right now are in double A or lower. So if you're going to try to refill your, especially your position player prospects outside of Ellie De La Cruz, who's not going to be up here for a couple of years, this is the way to do it. And teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Padres have legitimate bats available as well as pitchers. And I don't know, to me this is the prime time where the front office needs to really get top value for Luis Castillo. Branch, what do you think?
5: Um I I I think that this could um uh, I want somebody as good as the L.A. Dave Cruz for Castillo. I'll just put it that way. I think this could could make or break the franchise, and either say we're in another rebuild in come 2026, or not. Um, you know, they need to really go after a superstar here. Uh, they they really should not water it down with Moose. It's the Reds. They like to ditch money. They might. Um, I, I hope they won't because the 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 opportunity like getting a first round draft pick comes around a little bit more often than having the number one arm at the trade deadline with a year and a half of control. this yeah. is this is the way that they, they should really take advantage. Of this. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't have a favorite. I've looked and looked and looked. I can't. It's you know I I, I do feel for them now. With all the GMs trying to figure this out. You know, and I just hope it. I hope it just blows their socks off of who they get. And, it, and I'm not saying it should be a Hall of Five guys. So I'm all, I'm saying one guy should be really, really special and, no. and be as close to a sure thing as baseball.
3: I agree. I'll, I'll take qual- quality over quantity. I don't need five guys in return. You give me w- one stud and then another, you know, say B-plus prospect, I'm good with that as long as the stud prospect is somebody who, obviously there's no such thing as a can't miss, but as can't miss as you can get. Wick, your thoughts.
4: Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, I think it's a byproduct of the playoff situation that we're in right now that it's July 13th and we're going to have to wait till August 1st to really know whether or not teams like the Giants and the Mariners and the Twins are actually going to try to go for it this year or if the next three weeks are going to render them, you know, yeah, they might make the playoffs, but the, if the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Astros and the top of the top are – so ridiculously good are they really going to want to throw some of their top prospects at uh, a two-month run and want to get castillo and obviously he's got team control for next year but to give up somebody of the quality that i think the reds should demand for castillo are those kind of teams going to get involved and i just don't know right now you know like the mariners a week ago were probably an afterthought and we're probably lamenting the fact that they traded with the reds to get uh, uh, Jesse Winker and all of a sudden they've won nine games in a row and Winker and Suarez are hitting the ball well again and suddenly they look like a team that's probably going to try to make a run this year. Um, the next three weeks are really going to help determine that. So um, the, the rumors are obviously picking up, but it's one of those instances where I think the next three weeks is really going to help define what kind of market there's going to be for them. Um, you look up at the ability to hold on to them and potentially shop them at the winter meetings this year. um Jacob DeGrom could be a free agent. Justin Verlander could be a free agent. Carlos Rodon could be a free agent as well. Um, I think you're getting some pretty murky water if you wait until that point to move him then. But at the same point, unless the Dodgers really get desperate or unless there's an injury to somewhere else, I just don't really see uh, an obvious fit. You know, the the Mets are the wild card in all of this because they could decide to just go way over the top. They've got DeGrom coming back. and They signed Max Scherzer for $40 bucks a year. They really had to give up. A, a top-tier prospect to get Castillo as well. I don't know. Steve Cohen might do that. He's the kind of guy who might just go out and do that. But until you start getting some of those other fringe potential playoff contenders into this mix, it's just hard for me to pinpoint a top 10, top 20 overall prospect that that is going to be on the move. You know, maybe it's Boston. Maybe Boston decides to start cashing in and, and, and going for it. They realize that, that Bogarts and Raphael Devers are not signed long-term they could lose them sometime soon and maybe they get hot to the point where they decide to cash in big and they've got a couple top tier prospects that maybe could make it enticing enough for the Reds to move them. But um, it's going to be a day to day kind of thing. And I think that's an indictment of the fact that so many teams make the postseason nowadays that you got to figure out which teams really think they've got what it takes to go for it. And I'm not sure a lot of teams out there really know if they want to yet.
3: Yeah. And to your point, there's really only about five teams right now that you could say you're sure file fire sellers. Just because, like you're saying, there's so many teams within five games of a wild card berth that it's going to be like August, July 31st, August 1st before we really start seeing any kind of moves because there's just so many teams that aren't sure are we buyers, are we sellers? Kind of like the Reds the last few years are we buyers, are and, we sellers?
4: And the, the crappiest part about it is probably the best fit for Castillo on paper right now is the. the the st louis cardinals um (laughs) so in terms of standing shut your mouth i've been looking at that too going so it's it's somebody who has made a career out of literally never once drafting or owning a single player who has ever played for the cardinals much as is on the cardinals on their fantasy football or fantasy baseball rosters rather um I, i i get it so it's it's tough to look up and see that that's like the the match when you know that there's just no chance of that ever actually being the match
3: that would kill my soul, even deader than it already is, Callie.
5: Yeah, but they even have the pro, they even have the prospect.
3: I mean, yeah, yeah they do, they, they've they got a ton, <laughs> Callie. Your thoughts on trading Luis Castillo and um, has he ever been to the store to sign autographs?
2: He has twice, uh, extremely nice guy, really big fan of him. I agree that it probably is time to trade him in order to get the most out of that. Uh, however, I am, because of what you just mentioned, the proud owner of roughly 36 Castillo baseballs and like 100 signed photos. So I selfishly hope that they keep him around till I can get rid of those. So. <laughs> That's where I stand on the trade. I have watched exactly like, I don't know. Three fourths of a game since opening day, so I don't, I don't have a ton of opinions. Coop just keeps inviting me on here for some reason.
3: <laughs> well, speaking of the game, Brandon Drury is at bat, and he's the other uh, outside of Tyler Mally who's hurt right now. He's the other player drawing interest from the Reds. And Mo, you were saying earlier, and I agree that you're not going to get an absolute stud for Brandon Drury because one, he's on a one-year deal. And two, he's hitting unlike he's hit in his career. So the fear is does he turn back into a pumpkin after this year? Is this a one year thing? Or, you know, is has he fixed his swing, but the team acquiring him is only getting him for a couple months. What would you expect in return for a for a Brandon Drury type of player?
0: Um a uh, a guy.
3: Like a lottery ticket I mean, kind of guy,
0: yeah. No, like, like, yeah, like a dude, a guy, a, a person, uh, somebody with a pulse. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, nobody th- there's going to be, let's say they trade Brandon Drury, right? And they get like two guys back. I, I think the public's response is going to be, huh, who, why should I care? Why didn't they keep Brandon? Drew? I mean, that, I just think, historically <laughs> speaking, there's a lot of guys like him, and that, that's not to diminish. What he's done this season um, He's had a very good year What a what a nice pickup Starting on opening day You know, with the three-run homer Against Atlanta Put himself in the all-star conversation And, you know, a scrap heap guy Who's uh, repaired his own value And, you know, best of luck to him And it's great It's great what he's done But I just think if we use history as a guide There's a lot of guys like him That are having good years They're on one-year deals They're on a team that's going nowhere The team that, that's going nowhere Thinks uh, they can get something for them, and what they get is uh, relatively meager um, compared to the amount of conversation about what they could get for them. Right? If that makes sense. Right. And, and and again, that doesn't mean that some of those guys that arrive uh, at uh, you know selling teams are useless or you know don't help out or or, or things like that. But I just I, I get the sense again, if we use history as a guide, um, Brandon Drury gets traded. The, there's going to be a collective shoulder shrug in response to what they get. Whereas with Luis Castillo or maybe even Tyler Malley, um, if Nick Crawl does his job right, and, you know, that's been my take on this the entire time is I, I just want Nick Crawl to be given a chance to make baseball executive decisions and, and be allowed to do them and not have somebody veto deals and not have somebody tell them, well, you can trade this guy, but not this guy, or you can't trade these guys, yeah. or you have to attach Mustakis's contract to a deal, which under, you know, sort of undercuts yeah. what you're going to get back in yeah. return. But I just feel like, you know, again, there's, there there's players like Brandon Drury every single year that get traded. And more often than not, the return is not that exciting. Um, and, and I, I I get the sense for every reason you just articulated that most teams are going to go well there's no way he repeats what he did in the second half at some point you know he's going to regress to the mean that sort of thing um I, you know, we we'd like to have him but we're not going to we're not going to go overboard and if we don't get him chances are we can find somebody that can boost our offense that uh, we can get from another team right and you know and it's no knock on Brandon Drury
3: that you know, this is his first really good season and it's no knock that, you know, if he regresses to the mean, I mean, that's just, I mean, that happens. Um, but you also have somebody like a Tommy Pham who when he's not slapping the shit out of people is, you know, he's pretty decent, but his salary is going to really negate any kind of value you would get for him. You would literally just be getting a guy if you traded somebody like Tommy Pham, the redeeming quality of Drury is that he's only on, I think it's $900,000 contract. I say only like that's not a lot of money to us, but I don't know. I, it wouldn't bother me at all if they dealt either of those guys, uh, because you're not, you're probably not going to resign them. If Brandon Drury is going to be this guy, if he has a good agent, he's probably going to try to get a multi-year deal after, the way he's been hitting this year, and that's just not going to come from the Reds. And I don't think the Reds are going to want to re-sign Tommy Pham just because he's going to be more expensive, and you never know if he's going to get an assault charge. <laughs> Wick, hmm. <laughs> jump in here <laughs> on <laughs> Drury no, and Fam.
4: No, no, I think the, the, uh, the segue for Luis Castillo to Brandon Drury is actually a pretty interesting one, because... Dan Straley is kind of the the pitching parallel to what Brandon Drury was, which is a guy that the Reds just kind of picked up off the scrap heap late in spring and just kind of rolled out there. And suddenly he was good. And then you were like, OK, well, this is going to last. And then he kept being good and then was good and then was still good. And by the end of the year, the Marlins were going to throw a guy like Luis Castillo and trade for him. Um, you know, I don't think the Reds are going to be able to get another Luis Castillo for a guy like Brandon Drury. But. You never know. You know, Castillo wasn't a top 100 prospect. He was a good prospect, but he'd also been in, traded to the Padres and then returned. He'd been in the Giants organization before he made it to Miami. Like picking up those kind of guys that have talent but flaws and are taking a while to develop, you have to do that when you have the opportunity. And I think the the, the concept of keeping Drury because of anything that might happen uh, in the second half of a season where you start at 3 and 23 is just stupid. You know, yeah. um, I don't think. And I don't think there's anything about keeping Brandon Dury that makes any sense whatsoever, even if he's literally rescued the entire Reds franchise from um, uh, a burning inferno one day. Like, you trade him. You, you you trade him. That's what you do in these kind of scenarios. So, um, yeah, I think you do it and you get a guy that is probably far off and has a lot of tools, but somebody who you can work with beyond this year. Um, and I do think that he's got some value. I mean, this is the first year that you're entering a trade deadline where – there's a DH in both leagues. So every single team in baseball has the ability to rotate guys through nine spots instead of eight. And Drew, to his credit can play third, second, short. If he has to first base left field, he can play everywhere, which teams right now need. And I think that's going to bring value back in return. It's not going to bring the reds, anybody who jumps to the top of their prospect list by any means. But if it's something that equates to, uh, a cool 18, 19, 20-year-old guy who you would have signed internationally if you had the money to do so, maybe that's what you 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 do right now. And so I think that's something that's going to happen. Tommy Pham, I think Pham's a different story. I think Pham is a he's a known quantity um, on the field at least. Um, <laughs> and sure. somebody somebody who I think like pretty much every outfield out there, like you look up last night at the, um, uh, the Yankees game and Aaron Hicks fouls a ball off his shin, which he didn't break, but could have, like things like that. Somebody's going to need an outfielder. Uh, Chris Taylor's been out for a while with the Dodgers, uh, and I don't think Fam's going from his Padre history to the Dodgers, for instance. But things like that happen. Like, there's going to be an injury. There's going to be an opening. Fam's a professional. You know, he's going to give you a 350 on-base percentage and be able to steal a base here and there and work a good at bat. You're going to get something for him. Somebody will want him. It won't be uh, a huge piece either, but it's not like the Reds are going to have to like pay to move him by any means. So, yeah, I think those are players that that are going to move on and uh you cash in on them because that's what good teams do that's what good for offices do
0: i want one outcome okay there's only one outcome that i'm dying for since you mentioned tommy Pham, tommy listella the dh of the san francisco giants is not having a very good season if nick crawl has any sense of humor at all any, <laughs> <laughs> he trades him to the san francisco giants if if the yeah. reds do not, if you told me mo uh You could trade Luis Castillo and get the top three prospects in the Boston Red Sox system, or you could trade Tommy Pham for some garlic fries to the San Francisco Giants, but you get a chance to enjoy that from afar for the next two months. Pick one. (laughs) I would say Pham goes to San Fran. He and Jock Peterson have to coexist, and and I get get to enjoy that for, for the next couple of months. That is really the only outcome that I am truly, genuinely rooting for.
4: There would literally be platoon partners. They would have to just like show up each day, and one of them would be in the lineup. <laughs> like, oh. It'd be the greatest thing ever.
0: <laughs> Man, it just nothing. And and you would be getting them right when the football season started, right? So like, Tommy's <laughs> got to figure out am I going to be in the fantasy football league again? He's kind of left it open. Is Jock going to be in it? Who's going to be the new commissioner? All this stuff would play out as their teammates. Nothing would be better.
3: I got to think you're not going to be in a fantasy league with Tommy Pham after this. Uh, Joey just struck out. But, um, yeah, that would be freaking hilarious, though,
1: if... I think someone like, like Drury, I'm going to think yeah, of a little here, different track, is sign into to a $2 million extension. Because next offseason, you're going to be looking for someone exactly like him. You're not going to get anything in return worth a flip. Like, you're going to get lucky if you land somebody... In that trade that becomes a big leaguer, more than likely not going to be a big leaguer for a long period of time. So I'm more in the neighborhood of signing him to an extension for, for another year at least. I'm sure he'd take a pretty pretty good discount for being someone who hasn't had one in a while, just missed the All-Star team, and he's like, I don't know when this is going to come down either. So he might sign something really cheap. I'd probably go that route first. He I mean might if, not want to leave JB either.
3: Yeah, I mean uh, I mean I wouldn't have a problem with that either. I mean I wouldn't have a problem either way if they dealt him or if they re signed him because I mean it's not my money, but <laughs> but also um he's been very productive. And if he can continue that like like you were saying, Branch, at especially at G A B P that's I mean that has value for the Reds. If I can spit even day. if
1: he puts up a less value than what he's doing right now, even if he puts up nine home runs this year. Or next year compared to what he's already done this year. What does he have? Eighteen. Yes. Yeah, like, but. like I mean, that's valuable for for a guy who can play multiple positions. That's exactly what they're going to be looking for this offseason. Someone like him, and you and you have him, and he's willing to prove himself. So, throw that offer out there. I think it's better than anything that you can get in return in a trade. For.
3: Well, especially if you sign Kyle Farmer long term. Validity
0: to that, and and to me, I I. Uh, i think there's a lot of validity to that if especially if you know next season a better option emerges and you're not counting you know you you keep brandon drew you pay him more you don't have to go find a guy i like him and then ideally maybe his role on the team changes even though he's making more money because some other long-term options um you know come to the forefront and 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 maybe Brandon's not playing so much of a starring role, but there's still value for him on the team. I mean, I, to me, relative to what you're going to get for him in a trade, I think they should be very open to that. There's also a part of me that, you know, we've talked a lot about how sensitive ownership is to, you know, the 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 winds of public opinion and are, are folks going to lose their mind if they trade everybody and they move on from Luis Castillo. I, I also would wonder – you know, let's say there's a guy like Brandon Drury and, and Drury and, and August 3rd, he's still on the team. There's going to be people who criticize the Reds for not trading Brandon Drury. And I wonder if it's, hey, move him and get something because if he's here, we're going to catch, we're going to catch hell for it. I mean, you know, that's, that's been my sort of criticism of of the franchise for a while now is that a lot of times baseball decisions are made with non-baseball things really driving them. And and I, I would wonder that about Brandon Drury because you and I both know they're going to be, there are going to be people that if Brandon Drury's on the team after the trade deadline, folks are going to go, what the hell are they doing? Why do they keep him? There's no chance he's as productive next year. Are they really going to re-sign him? What's Nick Crawley? He's asleep at the wheel. And so my fear, and I think for folks who don't follow this team closely, it might sound like an irrational fear, but my fear is that somebody says, look, you got to trade him and get something because we're going to look stupid if we don't. And that that sounds silly, but given the way this club has been run, um. I, I don't think you can discount it, and and so, but I I'm I would be completely on the board on board with the idea of bringing him back, give him a raise. Um, he's an important part of the team, but you know maybe at some point somebody else emerges, and makes him a less important part of the team next year. And cool, if Brandon Drury is coming off your bench, that's not bad. And if he's starting for you as he is this year, well, you know what? As we've seen, that's that's not a bad option either. And and I think that can outweigh anything that you would get in return for him uh, this summer. And to your point,
3: uh, Bob Castellini is on the record as saying that he's vetoed deals or fan favorites in the past, specifically Billy Hamilton and, uh, Scooter, and, and Scooter. Yeah. Um, that, that is a big fear of mine is that. Who's that? That <laughs> 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 Oh, there's a story there, but I can't um, I get going. But <laughs> um <laughs> My fear is a little that, bit better, farmer. That for the that ownership interferes, and Nick Crawl isn't allowed to fully do his job. We don't really know how good Nick Crawl is, just because we don't know what he's allowed to do. This is a very fingers in the punch bowl ownership group. Or in the case of Phil Castellini, fingers in another bowl of white stuff. But Mo, where are you gonna go? But <laughs> sorry, I had to drop it.
0: <laughs> Nowhere with that one. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, I know you can't I know you can't say anything, but anyway, we'll drop that. Uh Callie. <laughs> your thoughts on fam, Drury, anybody else really who who the reds could move and yeah, your thoughts on that.
2: Um, I don't <laughs> think they, they can move wherever they want to. I'm sorry. I got a little distracted by your, your cocaine talk, cocaine chat with Coop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to just like put your hands in the bowl of cocaine for the rest. I don't think that's proper etiquette.
3: <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, I don't know proper.
1: Never go to a party with Coop.
3: I, I know. I don't know proper <laughs> etiquette, you know, If you want to key bump, you key bump.
4: I've also never owned a baseball team before. I don't know if you just have holes of it sitting around. I I don't know. I don't know. That's how you get COVID, too. (laughs) I
3: I don't know if it's like a Scarface situation where you just, you know, walking around, you just grab a pot. I don't know. I'm just saying.
1: (laughs) Now this podcast is going to be flagged
2: uh, for COVID talk. Yeah. (laughs) I do love the idea of Tommy Pham and Jack Peterson having to be on the team together i
1: think that'd be beautiful
2: not just that i, I want their lockers next to
1: john peterson would have to hold tommy fam's pocket all the way to the outfield
4: <laughs> <laughs> they, they both hit the 15-day injured list the day after draft day because they beat the living hell out of each other yeah, yeah. fight it out boys. just get it
2: out of your system now
3: <laughs> branch jump in here on uh, your thoughts on the other reds trade candidates
2: Okay, uh,
5: let's see. Between here's my bold prediction: between uh, Drury, Farmer, and Fam, there will be a bullpen double A catcher in the trade. The Red- don't know what, don't know who, don't know who name, but there'll be a new bullpen double A catcher in there somewhere.
3: The Reds have zero catching depth in the minors. Yeah,
4: the Reds. But, the Reds used first-round draft pick on a college catcher last year, and they still will have catching depth in the minors. Right? Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. But But uh, but but like uh, Mo had Clay Snowden on his show earlier this week, and uh, you know, I mean, like I think he was it, the 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 just was on like Drury. Best case scenario would be like a. It, it's probably not going to be that high. Would be like Lucas Sims we got for Duvall, you know. Um, but I'd be happy with that. Yeah. You
3: could get some. I mean, I, like I that. think
5: that's better. I think it's best-case scenario, you know. So, hopefully, there'll be something like that, or, you know, I, I don't expect a, uh, a Castillo to come out of this trade, no. but, you know. Hey, you yeah. never know what they find. Uh, we we'll, we'll hope the scouts did, did a really good job, you know, scouting the other teams.
3: Maybe get another Willie Mo Pena. That's going back a ways. For you younger kids, Willie Mo Pena. Never mind, if you don't know who Willie Mo is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> One last topic, and it's not really Reds-related, but I found it really interesting, and that's the Braves and the Royals swung a trade for one of the Royals' competitive balance picks. And it included uh, the Braves' number one prospect. uh, Well, number one prospect now. A lot of their prospects graduated to the big leagues. But trading some good prospects for a draft pick, we've not really seen before wick i'll i'll just start with you on this one should the reds explore i i know they have a comp pick this year after seeing that brave trade would you explore a trade like that for known commodities in the miners versus you know the crapshoot it is picking a player
4: yeah well little did we know at the time of that trade that three days later they put 50 percent of the roster on the uh inactive list because they are Jay Allen to, to Alex Blandino to Todd Frazier like that's that's a pretty good draft pick spot for landing good talent. Um, it's just it's a spot where you have to wait a little bit more. And so uh, the idea that you can do something in that range and go ahead and get some known quantity for it and guys that uh, you know you you can kind of fast track a little bit. It's it's intriguing as all hell. Um, you know it's also one of those things where um, they're moving draft pool bonus money also, which is kind of the big bugaboo in all this because I think they basically gave. But they, they gave uh, the Braves about an extra $2 million to spend on their draft picks this year. And so even if the Braves don't have anybody um, they want to use at that particular level of the draft, it means they've got that much more money to throw at their first pick overall, which might be somebody they really like who's a high school pick who's going to take that much money. So um, I, I think it's it's something that I wish baseball had more of anyway, which was – the ability to trade trade draft picks. And it's weird that they've got the ability to trade these weird four or five draft picks, but not all the rest of them anyway, because I think it would really help exemplify teams that want to put the focus on their draft and planning for the future. And if you think about it, if you allow teams to do that, you might have a little bit less aggressive tanking with players at the big league level anyway, because if you let teams load up on draft picks, it lets them refresh their farm system immediately um, and suddenly, you you kind of shorten the cycle of uh, these three or four or five year rebuilds. If you've got somebody that wants to go out there and pay twenty five million dollars to draft five of the first thirty the thirty picks out there, so um, I think it's cool. And obviously, it's going to be one that we're going to watch for a couple of years down the road. Because um, especially when you when you put any extra draft picks in in Atlanta's pocket, how well they draft is going to be uh, very very interesting to see how much the Royals miss out on on this.
3: Yeah, and it, it makes me wonder, is there. Potentially a player that a lot of teams think is going to college, that the Braves are in on, and they needed this extra pick to get him. Really interesting deal. Like you said, it's not something that happens on a daily basis or on a yearly basis even. Carlos, uh, your thoughts on the trade for draft picks, and um, would you think the Reds could consider that in order to – build uh prospect capital in the minors
1: uh i really don't have much to offer on, on the draft picks and trading of four draft picks i'm pretty sure you know i really don't give two shits about prospects um <laughs> because there's too many of them that don't turn out to anything
3: but you so were a prospect. i don't like to
1: give too much thought to it
3: you were a prospect and you made it to the majors I was
1: not yeah you were I was like a 26th ranked prospect. That's not
3: a prospect. You were back to us, Carlos. You were on Red reporters <laughs> prospect I, list. You
5: were until I made it. Community hey, <laughs> prospect rankings. You, the cut.
3: you were on the Red Reporter prospect rankings, and that is legit.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really don't have much to offer on prospect <laughs> talk and draft capital or anything like that I'm not really educated on that. So, next.
3: And here I thought you were going to have insight as a former Reds prospect. God, Carlos.
1: I'm Maybe if I would have been one. I'm not bitter. Can you tell?
4: <laughs> you know, I've got this theory that, like, because the SEC is, A, it continues to expand, and, B, it's also been just a really good baseball conference for the longest period of time.
3: Except for Kentucky. Um,
4: except for Kentucky. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> shout, out, shout out Kentucky. Um yeah, <laughs> I've got this. I've got this theory that if the Braves want to draft a high school kid who's committed to an SEC school, they've got a better chance of signing them than any other team out there does, and oh, they leverage the hell out of that. And I think that's I'm I'm going to be obviously watching the draft on on Sunday money anyway, but I've got this sneaking suspicion that they've got something like you just said, which is a kid who's committed to LSU or Vandy or wherever the hell else he is, and it's it's going to be the Braves that pick him, and because it's the Braves that pick him, that they're going to be able to sign him. Away from school because it's some kid from from the South that wanted to go to an SEC school and suddenly they they get they get the Braves, which is like the big bugaboo in that area, uh, and they're going to pull it off for it. Which more power to them if they lean into that and they pull it off. Uh, I'm, I'll be I'll be even more impressed.
3: No, you're you're right, especially with I mean the Braves in terms of fan base area, maybe not in numbers. I mean from Louisiana to North Carolina through Florida. The that's, Nashville, even yeah, yeah, that's Braves country, and plus you you throw in, much like the Cubs had WGN, the Braves had TBS for a while, where their games were nationally televised, and it created a huge fan
0: base. That's why Marshawn should have bought Channel sixty four in nineteen eighty five. That is that is one of my greatest laments as a Reds fan. Yep. I mean, my like my dad and I used to talk about this all the time. Marge should have bought channel 64 and put it on a basic cable with TBS, WGN and WOR and Reds Country mm-hmm. would be it would I mean like I'm 44, so I kind of grew up when the Cubs were on at 220 every single day yeah. and uh, the Braves mm-hmm. were on at 7:40 every single night. And both channels showed nothing but Andy Griffith reruns before and after the game. <laughs> and there are so many people my age who are fans of those two teams. The Reds could have done this, Marge. I'm, I, I, I'm not here to tell you that like Marge almost bought channel 64. This was ever a thing. But channel 64, when I was a kid, was like the most useless TV station of all time. They had Scooby Doo and they had Bewitched and I Dream of Genie and nothing else. Marge could have bought it, put it on cable, it would have been the home of the Reds, it would have been awesome, and you have generations of Reds fans that would be uh, 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 probably lamenting the same shit we're watching right now, but (laughs) there would be more of us, and it would be fantastic.
3: If she only had the forethought, but Mo, you could say that she did not see that coming. (laughs) Correct. Branch. Oh, God. Your thoughts on trading <laughs> draft?
5: Picks. I'm all for trade for a draft. Pick, but I do have a funny story about the, the the WGN 220 thing. The game time is, you know, that my, my father was a coal miner and they went through layoffs all the time and stuff. Dad always said you knew you'd been laid off too long when you started becoming a Cubs fan because you had a reason to start at two o'clock in the afternoon.
3: <laughs> well, I used to watch them too. Like you get home from school and. Harry Carey would be 12 pack in by then and slurring his words. And I don't know that it was because Uh, at that time in the day, what else is on other than at that time was soap operas or like you said, reruns of some, some, something for old people. It
5: is the, the the Cubs become the unemployed alcoholics team.
3: (laughs) And then the Braves at night. I mean, that's back when not all of the, like, i watched the i watched the braves i watched the nope. cubs too um nope. <laughs> i mean back in the 80s and 90s only about a hundred maybe even not even that reds games were televised a lot yeah. of the home games weren't televised because that was their way of thinking they're, they're going to draw people to the game so,
0: oh, it stuck so bad. They were on Channel 5, and Channel 5 would not want to bump crap like the Cosby Show and Family Ties mm-hmm. and Hill Street. So the only time they would be on Channel 5, because they were in the National League West, they played a 1,000 games in San Diego and, and, uh, and California and stuff, the only time Channel 5 would show them would be at 10.30 at night. Yep. Now, if your parents let you stay up late, then you got Cubs at 220, Braves at 7.40, And Steve Fizziok calling the game on Channel 5 late at night. But they would never show the good games, the games in primetime, because then they would have to move the coveted NBC TV shows to Saturday at like 2 a.m. or something, and they didn't want to do that. And so whenever I hear fans complain, like, there will be one random game a year that's not on TV, it's like, buddy, if I wanted to watch the Reds when I was a kid, I had to stay up late, hope that they were willing to punt night court to like Sunday morning and watch them play the, the Giants in San Francisco. You cannot boot the bull. The you bull, bull.
3: But on the flip side, Imagine's calls that Channel 5 would get. I was waiting for Designing Women, and I'm getting Reds Baseball. I don't even know if that was on NBC, but.
2: <laughs> no, 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 You're the biggest fan of Designing Women.
3: <laughs> Where's my Designing Women? I don't want to see uh, Kurt Stillwell trying to play shortstop. Callie, you're, <laughs> I don't know if you have any thoughts on the draft pick trades, but um, if, you yeah, talk, if you want to talk, if you want to talk about large, you can.
4: Or Delta Burke, let's talk about Delta Burke. That's true. I have
2: right, a right. lot of stuff that I'm hard to shut, but I will say, uh, Branch mentioned that the Cubs are the unemployed alcoholics team, and <laughs> I have been to Wrigley exactly once and sat in the bleachers, and I gotta say, fucking nailed it, and I fit right in. It was <laughs> Speak- also, full circle, I caught a Jock Peterson warm-up ball there when he played for the Cubs, and all those Cubs fans got really mad at me.
5: Go throw it at Tommy Pham.
3: Yeah, <laughs> take it at Tommy Pham and say, my Jock Peterson ball, can you slap it out of my hand?
4: I, I will ever have the, the, the embedded smell of uh, of trough urinal cakes embedded in the back of my brain from my, my, my first and only trip to Wrigley. I mean, God it was... I oh. Oh. But I had a really good time. Ooh, maybe that I'm sitting next to my cat box right now, but it's basically the same smell. So,
3: well, I mean, <laughs> my elementary school had the troughs, and if people acted like we did in elementary school and peeing at the troughs, then I would just hold it instead of going it regularly.
4: You remember the old troughs at uh, Commonwealth Stadium, oh, now at Kroger Field? Oh,
3: that's they another. They were too re- short. I they wouldn't. Were too short. I just would hold it. I wouldn't go. <laughs> I mean, you kind of spoiled with Paul uh, Brown Stadium.
5: University like pa- a trough so Paul Brown Stadium. bad things
3: happen in that scene Paul Brown Stadium has good bathrooms as Nick Senzel gets picked off but um it, it, <laughs> toot plan. yeah nice two plan there um, I'm never coming on
1: this show you're always three seconds ahead of me and you ruin everything
3: that's right I'm sorry it takes a long time for the no one to get to Texas
1: god damn it i <laughs>
2: That's yeah, got your own power grid down there. Yeah, not I like
3: know. Join the national power grid, you bastards. <laughs> this
2: thing sucks. The power grid sucks, Carlos.
3: <laughs> Enjoy your <laughs> AC set at eighty five.
1: Mine's at sixty-eight, baby. It's cool inside. <laughs> mine's at sixty-four. <laughs> I am just but I'm gonna- not allowed to go in there when I talk to poop. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh man! <laughs>
0: Nick Sel- Senzel got off as a pinch runner. Yeah. Did they put him in as a pinch runner?
3: Yeah, Solano. <laughs> oh, got you on. should be,
0: you yeah. should be sent to fucking Double A if you do that, man. Get picked <laughs> off as a pinch <laughs> b- I mean, that's quintessential. The quintessential. You have no, one the job. guy hasn't even stretched all game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, He's just sitting great. there eating
1: sunflower seeds. That's like, oh, cool. Wait, what? Don't what get did picked you say, off. Coach? It
0: takes no effort to not get picked <laughs> off. You stand there next to the bag. Make sure you don't get picked off. He so. got scra-
4: scratched ah. from starting of a sore back anyway too, right?
3: And you get I- picked <laughs> off with Kyle Farmer at the plate. Yeah, exactly.
1: Because that's at least a two-run homer waiting to happen. Right there. It's coming. Don't say anything, Coop. Don't ruin this at-bat for me.
3: Well, Arana Chapman is pitching. Arana Chapman is not the flamethrower that he used to be he he i mean he occasionally a will touch 100 human but he just doesn't he just doesn't bring it like he used to
1: and,
4: and 108 what it used to be either
1: yeah 100 is like 92 now Yeah, everybody's seen it already but yeah that's that's why hunter green has been giving up so many homers because that 100 that ain't nothing anymore better come with more than just that
3: but he's uh He'll get there. I mean, I, I watched him Saturday, Hunter Green, and, uh, I mean, he had, for the most part, other than that one inning, uh the Rays were just flailing at him, and it was really encouraging to see. Uh,
5: oh, he well, for sure.
3: Yeah. Unlike, you know, some other, some people on Red's Twitter who were wanting to get rid of him after his third start, um, or, you know, guys, you know, shout out to Chad Dotson when he comes to talk to Hunter Green, but... Uh, I've been really impressed with him. Yeah, he's going to have his Farmer struggles, dog. but he's, what, 22, 23? Yeah, Farmer just walked. I wanted to wait because I didn't want to say it right away. With a bat flip,
0: Mo. Bat flip walk. Bat didn't flip get walk. That. I love that. Yeah. That, is, that is beautiful. That, 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 I mean, that's,
4: that's, a, that's a big market bat flip right there.
0: Yeah. Look, well, the <laughs> Chapman's kind of laughing at him. <laughs> <laughs> just flip your bat at me. If I still threw 100, I, I'd like, buzz you next time.
3: Let's see if he buzzes the tower with Moose here. Moose couldn't get out of way so Yo, so, so here's,
4: here's, my, here's, my, uh, here's my wild card uh, uh, suggestion of the, um, the Hunt for Red Sox podcast uh, episode. Uh, Mike Moustakis is going to get traded at the deadline and not packaged with the Reds pitcher because he's actually going to hit his way out of Cincinnati. Um, I, I think He's gonna hit well enough over the next two or three weeks to where the Reds are gonna eat a lot of money because it's gonna take a lot of money to get him out of here. But I think somebody is going to be willing to say, yeah, I'll take him for the rest of this year and next year for like five million bucks, and they will take him off the Red Sands. I think it's gonna happen.
1: So I'm not I'm not far away on that either, Wick, because uh according to sources, he hates Cincinnati.
3: What well <laughs> hold on now. We're gonna to have to get in depth on this. <laughs> moose hates the the city of cincinnati
1: well i think he just had more fun at other places you know
3: well he was also better in other places
0: hmm. yeah i mean I it's, not, it, it's not exactly like cincinnati's wrapping their arms around mike Mustakas. i mean it's right it's not like it's it, it sort of feels like a two-way relationship right i'm not sure they're yelling moose at the games uh when you hear that at gabb <laughs> so anymore. yeah i mean i guess i guess on behalf of cincinnati what but I would say, Mike, is feelings mutual, pal. The good yeah. news is you're getting 16, you're getting 16 mil per year to be here. So guess what? You're getting more out of this relationship than even though he did hit his big 200th home run the other week. And I mean, you would have hell. I was looking for the two guys chasing him around the bags because it evoked memories of Hank Aaron. You would have thought on watching the TV broadcast, he just like holy crap! He, he joined the 200 home run club. Wow.
3: I mean, but that's, <laughs> that's not crowded. I mean, Sadek was completely bricked up on that call. Yeah,
0: there he was. But no,
4: yeah, I, right. think, uh, I, think I think he's going to hit. For with- so much- <laughs> 16, <though. laughs> Go ahead, Wick. I think he's going get two for less than 16. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think AB, what he over to get earlier tonight, he hasn't been hurt this year. He's been like dinged out, but he's not been hurt the way he was last year. I think if somebody calls and says, yeah, he's due what, uh seven million for the rest of this year and sixteen for next year. Uh we'll take him off your hands if you give us uh sixteen million bucks or if you get a I don't know, like a Justin Wilson throw in the way that they got for Luis or something like that, a banged up or on a, a contract that sucks for him. Uh I think I think it'll happen. I think the Reds are gonna try to move on from him and I think it'll happen. Um, you know, it's it's we, we give the reds a lot of shit for being incredibly frugal which they have spontaneously also it's not like they've been consistently frugal it's like they all of a sudden they're like oh no 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 we have no money and they throw up their hands but they ate show contract like they've been willing to do things like that when they finally get around to doing it i i think i think this deadline they they eat money and some team out there will say hey what a world series in 2016 or 15 or whatever and they're in presence. Lefty back can, can hit a ball out of the ballpark. Somebody will take him, and it'll happen. I think it's going to happen this uh, this uh, this trade deadline.
1: I got a feeling. Hey, Carlos, out. the Padres, none of you guys uh, ever contact me again. I said, if it's the Padres, if Moose goes to the Padres, <laughs> like, you guys ever contact like, me I was, like, I was like, enjoy him on the Padres,
0: man. <laughs> I,
3: I just assume the Mariners, since they have all the Reds. No, don't not my
0: you, I, I guess that the oh. idea that he hates Cincinnati—if that is—don't you have to accomplish something if you're going to hate the city <laughs> you play in, right? I mean, you th- don't, so. you have yeah. to, don't you have to demonstrate? Like, if somebody hates their the place they work at, you should be good at your job before you tell everybody you hate your job. I hate my coworkers. <laughs> hate my boss. You any good? no I oh, yeah. suck well then then the problem is probably you like I don't I don't know that he loves hates I don't know about it. but if but if we find out like after the fact like yeah he couldn't stand it here like well maybe the, the problem was was not Cincinnati it wasn't the Reds or your circumstances it was you you didn't you didn't bring enough to the table I know he missed a bunch of games last year 100 games or so because he he got hurt but I mean if if you're gonna like make it known that you hate a place you should bring some value to that place and aside from Home run number 200, which will be forever mortalized at the Reds Hall of Fame, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> aside from that, he's brought nothing to the table. He hates since He's letting it known that he hates Cincinnati? but like That's that's comical to me. If you're going to let it known that you hate somewhere, you should have done something in that place that you uh, purport to hate.
3: And really, no. if, if anybody has a reason to hate Cincinnati, it would have been Shogo Akiyama. I mean, he got hurt. He couldn't hit. Trees attacked his wife and yeah <laughs> i mean that one yeah. i would understand
4: but also wasn't moose, moose he was the one who was uh everybody was like shocked that he hadn't signed a long-term contract for like back-to-back all seasons because everybody assumed he would and then he finally did
3: and he and was, now that yeah and he was the new guy on the cart commercials
5: yeah Jeff wallander's probably a little upset about that deal <laughs> it's, it's, I be might be cool. to, it's the new guy
0: well, what yeah. I did not like about that is they were still running the commercial during his second season. Yeah, are no not the longer new guy. the new guy. Yeah. yeah, Also, what sucks about getting hit by a tree is you can't take it to court, right? That to me would be the really crappy thing about that whole thing. Somebody hits you in a car, sue him. Right. Somebody hits you, sue him. Tree falls on you at a park. Guess what? No litigation. That's the hard part.
3: I mean, it would be hearsay. You'd have to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty bad omen if nature attacks you, especially
5: coming from a, to a new country and stuff.
3: I mean, and I'm not making fun of her, obviously. I mean, that was awful. Oh no, I,
5: I, I was, I really wanted it to work out. <laughs> really bad.
3: Oh, I, I mean, I, I, I felt that's one player that I felt bad for because he seemed like a really good guy. It just didn't work out, and that's you know. Oh boy, I don't. I'm not gonna say it, but Carl. You already see
1: did, it. you idiot! <laughs> Damn it, Coop.
3: I just. Said, I mean, oh, yeah.
0: boy. <laughs> you can't help yourself, can you?
3: <laughs> yeah, Fred's game tied up. His um, wife
0: ended up being okay, right? That I yeah. Miss that his wife okay, yeah. so well, we can sort of laugh at it now, right? I mean, his wife yeah. ended up being okay. Oh. Good. Well, I didn't want it to be something. No, I found I, out you know fact. A tree impaled her or something. Right. Like you know.
2: It was at uh, Sharon Woods, right?
0: It was, yeah.
2: Yeah. The, yeah, the trees there are a little bit sneaky. When I was
1: 13. <laughs> hey, um, Mo?
0: Mo? The trees there are a little bit
2: sneaky. I'm being serious. When I was 13, one of them jumped out and got me and I tripped on my wrist. Oh, my board. God. I broke <laughs> shit out of my arm and my wrist and my other
1: wrist. <laughs> it was- mm-hmm. That's with parked cars, too. They just jump out.
4: Listen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the, the juggle gym at Jacobson Park in Lexington was incredibly sneaky and it broke my arm when I was about five all of a
1: Hey, uh, I have a question for Mo. That son of
4: a bitch. Go hey, ahead, no, right?
0: <laughs> Go ahead. Mo,
1: why is number seventy nine pitching in a one run game in the bottom of the eighth at Yankee Stadium?
0: Ian Jabot, why is Ian Jabot out there? <laughs> I guess. Hey, I hey Mo, where yeah. are you
1: gonna Jabot?
0: It's the Bobby eighth with a run lead at Yankee Stadium. I mean, they, they just got this dude off waivers last week. And then they they had to rush him in the uniform because they found out that Malley had to go on the injured list. Uh, And now he's pitching, trying to preserve I'm, a 5 a six-game winning streak. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have an answer for I'm it.
1: not convinced that that's actually Jabot because that guy does not look like a major league player. <laughs> uh, kinda, <laughs>
0: Sort of, he sort of looks like me with a a wig. I mean, they they got
4: him off waivers. Team I mean, that also got him off waivers. Like he was double waved, double DFA'd within a week, and then was just
3: and in he's already on the
4: mound in high leverage situations. Boom, he's, high leverage. And he's yeah, already the second boom. best
3: reliever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what is happening? I mean, look at that coif on him, though.
1: How do we go from last night to this? <laughs>
3: yeah. And they
1: still might win. It's weird.
3: Well, uh, that, that uh, botched rundown was hilariously bad. Who did not cover second base?
1: No, 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 no. That is 100,000% on Drury. It's all his fault. You don't make that throw from 10 feet from the the infield dirt. That's that was so stupid. He's got to run to him every single time. You run to the hitter, or well, you yeah. run to the runner. Yeah, that That's is it, what you That's it. I'm, I'm
4: sold. Trade him. Trade him.
1: That <laughs> that is two throws max, and he's out. Like I just stood there. He wasn't trying to break out of it, but he's like, oh, he threw it. Weird.
3: Yeah, you're right. You you you're taught to run at the base runner, like directly at him and make him make a decision and throw the ball. Not that I.
1: You never make a long throw, and that throw was a long
3: throw oh yeah i'm convinced wick trade him. Get
4: a shot. Get out. son of a bitch <laughs> extend him
3: <laughs> so one more <laughs> one more thing to talk about then we'll we'll jump off here um the royals have 10 players that cannot go to two tr- and oh lord like literally they're five best hitters and then i think a couple of starters a couple of relievers kind of thing how do you feel to team when four of it is not available are they able to replace those players like put them on the restricted list and do you i think
5: there's still some travel guys with this season but
3: do you have 10 guys you can just jump up in the minor leagues and say hey
4: there's a few. Gonna.
3: Speaking of Brandon Drury, he couldn't play in Toronto. So.
4: And if you've got 10 guys who are ready to jump up to the uh, active roster, but 40% of your active roster wasn't vaccinated enough to get across the border, what are the odds that the 10 guys that you want to call up, your top 10, are also vaccinated to the point where they can go or are you dipping like down past two or three of those guys that aren't also so then you're into like your, your third tier like you've got your like I'm thinking like Charlie Day with all of his crap on the whiteboard like you've got like your list of all your players and like
3: the purple Silva. list over
4: on the right side yeah like who's who's number 13 on the list of players you could actually travel to Canada and that's today
3: you think the Royals will be interested yeah. in that's just,
4: that's just like contagious
1: they feed <laughs> off of each other like the Rays Three guys in the bullpen. All of a sudden, no, oh, we're not gonna have a pride patch on. Where have you heard that from anywhere else? Right, nowhere. Only have one guy. The other guys are, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it.
0: Also, also provides like a, a weird wrinkle in trade deadline discussions, right? Because if if yeah. you're gonna play the, Blue, in the in the last two months of the season, if you're gonna play the Blue Jays in Toronto a couple of times, and I I don't know how many teams have multiple series. Certainly, you would look at American League East teams, but I mean, if 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 you're a team that's in contention and you are not going to be in Toronto, well, suddenly there's a, a, a list of guys that includes, you know, Andrew Benatendi, Whit Merrifield are on that list. I mean, those are the guys, spe- specifically Benatendi you're reading about a lot. Like if you're uh, – Andrew Benatendi would be a really attractive – Piece to a team that's not going to Toronto this year. Um, whereas if you are playing the Blue Jays six games in two months, that's a pretty decent chunk of, you know, the last quarter or so of the season. I mean, uh, th- then w- would you be less interested in a guy that you're going to have to sit? And, you know, we, we're we not supposed to reveal why these guys aren't uh, making the trip to Toronto. You know, the Reds were there back in May and, you know, just magically these five dudes weren't available. Well, now the public's going to kind of know. And mm-hmm. also, it's going to be fascinating. I'm, I don't know if Canada's going to relax their rules this off season, but, I mean, if you're playing the Blue Jays uh, a, a whole bunch of times next year, and I know the schedule is going to change, you know, what is that going to do if you're trading for a guy that has uh, a year of team control next year? Do you want a guy that you got to cross off these games? He's not available to us. Um, Tyler, I, Ma- think that's, I think that's interesting.
3: Yeah, Tyler Mally. Tyler yeah, he. he yeah, correct. The yeah. Um, the other thing with the Royals is, <laughs> apparently, they have an anti-porn person come and talk to them in spring training. So, is there a correlation between uh, anti-masturbation anti-mast- and anti-vaccination? Callie, your thoughts on that? Uh,
2: according to my DMs, yeah, correct. Right. <laughs> 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 That Venn diagram was a fucking
0: circle.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the masturbation talk. Uh, shout out to Ram and Uncle Ram no, for that. Not. Shout
0: out
3: Ram. Shout out to Ram. Uh, <laughs> shout out Ram. Ram would be the one to discuss this with. But
0: Why was there an anti-porn person at the Royal Spring <laughs> Training? Because you don't want to be sinning. Because you obviously. don't want to
3: be. Apparently, jacking it will act you, you're playing. Carlos, well, you well, were yeah, pitching. I mean,
0: <laughs> your arm, right. I mean, I. So. Car-
3: Carlos, did you whack it while you were pitching, or did you wait until the off season for that?
2: You a good mate of- I'm going through a tunnel, guys.
4: <laughs> I mean, these, these I mean, there's, four days, there's four days in which we'd each start. So, I mean.
3: But Carlos was a reliever.
4: Ah, oh, yeah, he was
3: <laughs> in the majors. He was a reliever. So, I mean, you, you, you really taken it into your own hands. If you, if you're whacking it, before. <laughs> you know, Carlos, did you ever have to do that before a game?
1: No, because sticky substances were still allowed back then.
3: Yeah. Oh. You don't want to get stuck there. Oh. You don't want to, you don't want to spider Ouch. attack your dong to your leg. uh uh-uh.
4: Now, now, I'm thinking. Now I'm thinking back to the switch pitcher. What was his name? Uh, Pat, uh, Pat, Pat, Vinditty? Vinditty? Pat Venditti.
0: Yeah.
4: yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe he knew something we all didn't. You know, he he had, he had figured it all out.
3: He was yeah. ambidextrous.
4: Yeah, it's gonna be a left-handed day.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Mo, I'm sorry that you had to uh, witness this as a professional. I'm
0: I'm fascinated by this. Did did the players? Did they opt out of the anti-porn lecture? That I was not there sure. A- I mean, well, this, was a, or- this, this, this it was a big thing. Like Dayton
4: Moore went on like very public record being about this like seven or eight years ago, and then like doubled down on it. We got uh, re-interviewed about it. Yeah. I think yeah. the
3: last I saw so, that was so from t- like twenty eighteen, something like that.
4: Take take your safe search off and Google Dayton Moore porn, and just <laughs> see what happens. So. <laughs> You oh like if, no. uh, you, read at, you can read me at redreporter.com um, Thank you, thank you.
0: To
3: that. Branch, your thoughts. You were a catcher.
0: Yeah,
1: he was. South <laughs> 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 I mean, real quick.
3: Could you tell? Would there be I mean, a few I, I, left?
1: I'll be, I'll be, I'll
5: be up. Yeah, there was something that went on with you. Don't do that during the playoffs. Well, I mean, <laughs> I ain't mind, you
3: know? Can't have a drop in a because your arm's tired.
5: Yeah, you drop in velocity, you can't lose your energy. You know, there's some super it's just some superstitious shit. So
2: Might throw your balance <laughs> off or something. Well,
5: yeah, I mean we're baseball players, it ain't like there's any girls hanging around in high school watching baseball.
1: You guys are so dumb. So very, very <laughs> dumb.
3: <laughs> oh, this uh. went off the rails. That's a good place to end it, I think, on, on, you know, the anti-porn royals. Fairchild, did he get Abstinence hit? for the play. <laughs> uh,
1: so, I'm a big Fairchild fan. Uh, I wish he'd loosen up the pants a little bit, but <laughs> it's a nice showing.
3: <laughs> I mean... his mouth normal. I like that. He was... He a- was, he, he was dealt to the... <laughs> Diamondbacks, I think, for Archie Bradley. And then he was with the Giants earlier this year, and he's back now in the Reds. And first at bat is a red home run. So I. Yeah.
0: The Reds won the trade.
1: Reds won the trade. I do have a question for Callie because I've done this for the last like 15 years. It seems more women go to one side or the other. But Callie, do you prefer a pant legs up or pant legs down?
2: I prefer pant legs down. Oh.
1: The minority.
2: I, I might be, yeah, I know, but let's be very fair here. My taste in men is trash. That's true. So it's <laughs> true. Probably pant legs up, buddy. The, the reason
3: she likes to pant legs down is because in the penitentiary, you have to have the pant legs down.
2: He's in jail. I always know where he is.
1: Mo, will you pant legs up or
0: pant legs down? Um, I'm a pant legs up guy, but like, the the Robert Duggar stirrups last week, uh, I love that look. You know the the yes. pant leg up with the high socks. That doesn't do it for me so much, but like the '80s stirrup look, any mm-hmm. day of the week, sign me that. Yeah,
4: anybody, uh, wait, what about
1: what, 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 what about what they're doing now with they like, the India and Joey with the pants above the kneecap? Yeah, India's like a, up to like the, the back. player.
3: It's like, <clears throat> yeah, he, he's he's got like knee-high socks on
1: it's above the kneecap that's like
3: that yeah, That's a friend that
2: thing ram always says anything above the kneecap is underwear
3: that's for sure <laughs> that's for short shout out to ram
2: no but those look like shorts once they're above the kneecap
3: that's because hipsters oh, now no. have the shorts that come down just below their sack that they bend. larry Bird. if they bend the wrong way something's going to fall out and
4: uh, uh, i'm uh i'm wearing some right now yes
3: i, yes. I- I'm wearing, uh, sh- I'm, I'm wearing cargo. I'm wearing cargo shorts right
4: now. I'm bending the correct direction, but yeah.
1: I will. I think if I if I was good enough, I would go tweener like Jock Peterson. Like don't give a fuck, just right in the middle of my okay. cap It's got to be really good to do that,
3: or get slapped.
2: He took that slap like a champ.
3: I mean, he didn't go down.
2: I know. Well, yeah. he didn't go down. He also didn't pop him back.
1: Well, yeah, and- I'm pretty indifferent on that. I'm like, golly. It was it was kind of like the Will Smith slap
3: in that I don't think he I don't think Fam put everything into but just enough to wake him up kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe we should ask Tommy Fam if he's available to a
1: podcast. I don't know. He even, even had his guy there with him. Like, I think it was all a little punch back by... and then hope
4: on your guy. It was, you spon- like... it, it was all like it was sponsored by DraftKings. I'm I'm sure of it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> My the favorite oh, part I
1: think just took his. Just took that fantasy league to a different site. I think he got paid for it. Yeah. Pretty sure I saw a tweet about it.
3: My favorite part about that whole thing was them interviewing Jock Peterson and him holding up text messages on his phone.
1: <laughs> Mo, Mo, I think you can get like a, a gold mine here is get like a Tommy Fam to sponsor a fantasy league. Well, that's or something like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's like if you're FanDuel or DraftKings or something, you get those two guys. To be your spokespeople right you, you get, oh, you, yeah. get the, you get those two guys to sort of i don't know what joey vado's doing right there but, but uh, you get <laughs> you get a couple you get a couple of guys you get those two guys to sort of be the spokespeople and i mean like now we've now we're to the point where okay everybody's kind of made fun of both of them um and so now if those guys are in on the joke and laugh at themselves it's like zach wilson the quarterback of the, it was apparently
3: we a friend's mom
0: His his mom's friend. And on Twitter today, he sort of made a a reference to not being on social media. And it's like, all right, he's in on the joke. That's the best part. When the guy that we're all kind of laughing at, and I'm not really sure anybody is laughing at Zach Wilson, but all right, kind of the butt of jokes. And then, hey, I'll pile on myself too. That's great. And that's what Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson can do. Neither I mean, Tommy Fam doesn't seem willing to laugh at himself. I, I think we we can establish that. And uh, no, I don't know that, that Jock I don't know the Jock Peterson's smart enough to to laugh at himself, so it might not be the, the best pairing. But you gotta try.
1: Maybe. I can see Tommy Fam telling a joke, and then just getting a serious face when somebody to laughs too hard. He's like, "What?
2: Stop laughing!" Tommy.
1: That's not funny, motherfucker. Yeah. That's funny. Cut it off.
2: I get the impression he doesn't make a lot of jokes.
3: I get the impression that he doesn't like a lot of people.
2: <laughs> I mean, I feel that, but man, you got to lighten up a little bit.
3: <laughs> I mean, the man—the man was stabbed outside of a strip club. So was he's...
2: it really? Oh my God! Now I like him.
1: <laughs> you don't know this story. You got like... <laughs> no. Oh, you have homework tonight, Kelly. Club club. You have homework tonight. Yeah,
3: he—he, he, I mean, Tommy fans, San Strip
1: like Club, Google.com.
5: You're gonna, a, you're gonna have a crush on him after you see how bad he was stabbed.
1: <laughs> All I had to hear was
4: stabbing in strip club, and I am on board. Back in <laughs> like, the motorcycle helmet. They—they they had to revive the guy who was stitching him because he spent 17 hours stitching him back up. <laughs> it was fucking hard. <laughs>
3: But he likes to post pictures of his Lambo on, uh, on Instagram. Do you go.
2: More more, more scar pictures, please. For stabby. <laughs> mug shots, you know.
1: <laughs> mug shots. They've been... <laughs> poor Tommy fans had a bad game taking bitches all day.
2: Well, the poor guy got stabbed outside of a strip club. Leave
1: him alone.
3: Yeah, I know. His battle off he lost <laughs> so much blood.
2: I bet that hurt.
1: You don't really feel it. It's more like a cool station. Have you been stabbed? Damn,
2: it wasn't even that long ago.
1: <laughs> Have you been stabbed, Carlos? <laughs> That's what I heard.
2: Were you, were you leaving the strip club tour? <laughs> Dang, he did get stabbed kind of hard. Jesus. <laughs>
1: we weren't joking about that.
3: We weren't joking about that.
2: What toothpicks, Callie. No, holy hell. Was mad at him? Who did it? I'm not reading
4: all this. Who did it?
3: It wasn't Ray Lewis, but
4: uh, spoiler alert: it, it was Jock Peterson. <laughs> was
2: it OJ?
3: <laughs> OJ or Ray Lewis? No.
5: I feel if it was OJ, you'd have heard about it.
2: Got out OJ. You're still welcome to come in anytime you want to. the Yes, store.
3: we need to get out. I tried with the hashtags, and it didn't really catch on. O.J. to the sports gallery.
4: <laughs> Go maybe, Jude. Maybe you should get him on the podcast first. It might help. We tried. Oh, my God. People
2: were taunting him over getting stabbed. That's mean.
1: Yeah. Well. Uh, uh, yeah. You know. heard him speak. It's really not that mean.
2: <laughs> no, I was just kidding. That's not that mean. He's fine. I'm, I'm pretty sure that his paycheck means I'm allowed to be mean about that. That's hilarious. He got stabbed outside of the strip club.
3: Yeah, OJ. I asked once on Twitter, and I never got a response. So,
2: did you ask twice? Um, are his DMs open?
3: Well, the thing is with OJ, you never ask it. You never make him ask twice, because then you know what happens after that. <laughs> that was Coopie a horrible. Not ruin this at bat. That was a horrible his joke. DMs I will not. I will not say a word during that about what's going on, other than Joey Votto at at the plate. So, yeah, that was an interesting podcast of um, trade talk and masturbation and uh, Tommy Pham getting stabbed. So uh, we'll wrap this one up. We'll go around the room here and have everybody give their final thoughts. And Branch, you haven't talked in a while. Why don't you give your final thoughts first?
5: Um, I I wish Tommy Pham and Callie all the luck, Gord.
4: <laughs> 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 I hope, hope you
1: all happy. <laughs> Callie's
0: That's finally
2: going to get a pool I'm yeah. finally going to get that pool And it sounds <laughs> like he leads a pretty rough life So maybe I can too get stabbed That'd be nice
3: <laughs> Oh jeez um, Callie, you might as well give your own thoughts now Since you're just talking <laughs> about the pool
2: My final thoughts Um, Man, I don't know I've never gotten stabbed outside of a strip club. Sounds like sounds like somebody had a bad night somewhere. It's supposed to be fun, but that's rough. Also, I did not realize until looking to see if O.J. Simpson's DMs are open or not, which they are. He has a lot of commentary about a lot of things. Like the man loves to tell you his opinion of things in video form.
3: I mean, <laughs> when you get away with double murder, you pretty much think you can do anyone, I guess. I don't know.
2: I, mean, I think you can do anything you want. I'm not saying you should, but sure shit seems like you can.
3: <laughs> Speaking of murder, shout out to Alfredo Simon.
2: Shout out Alfredo Simon.
3: Mick, your final thoughts.
4: I miss the video, Suarez. Um yeah. thank, you. <laughs> thank you for that, Alfredo Simon. Um Yeah. Uh <laughs> Thank you for having me, Coop. It's
3: been fun. Hey, no problem. Anytime. He See, Carlos, I didn't say anything. Your final thoughts, though.
1: Uh, oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. Hang in there, Reds fans. <laughs> See what happens at the <laughs> trade deadline. Don't expect too much. You're not going to find it. Everyday players in return. So uh, hang tight and keep the faith. And where are you going to go?
3: So um, – <laughs> Can we come to you for inside scoop?
1: Absolutely not.
3: That's what I thought.
2: <laughs> I kind of think the Reds would be better if they had an anti-pornography advocate visit the clubhouse once a week, well, just checking on things, make sure things are going well. It's definitely Phil Castellini.
4: Seems to be working excellently for the Royals right now. So
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Phil Castellini probably watches a lot of porn. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, where's he gonna go?
3: Where's he gonna go? To the basement. <laughs> Lost my train of thought there. Uh Mo, <gasps> your final thoughts.
0: Were the guys watching the pornography together in the clubhouse? Because... <laughs> so, because, gonna... I... yes, because, I... because Yes, because that way you get to see who the first guy who starts acting weird and you call him out. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean I I, I once lived with a guy in college and i i come home and 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 he and his buddies are watching porn and i'm like this is a weird thing for like the four of you to be doing uh <laughs> <four of you? laughs> is like a football game on or something or can we uh so that that was that was weird but i mean to me if 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 the guys are watching porn on their own time that it's like if you're at work and you're watching porn on the company computer that's that's a problem. That's that's not good. Like, yeah. I mean, you can't do that, right? Uh, and so then I could see somebody coming in and going, "Hey, man, uh, you can't do that on the company time. You can't do that using company, you know, equipment." But if you're if you're watching porn on your own, I, I don't know that it's the business of your employer to come in and have somebody tell you you shouldn't be watching porn. I mean, I that. So I, I mean, were, were are they all like after the game, the reporters crowd? And then, hey, it's uh, the winning pitcher's night to pick the genre, and we're all gonna sit here and like, what? I'm intrigued. <laughs> I
2: don't know. I thought this was America, and no, you know it. Do whatever. Like, watch porn with your four buddies. That's totally not weird at all, Mo. <laughs> yeah. What? <up? laughs> Quit
1: judging.
3: And we're not. We're here. <laughs> to- Hard. We're not here to kink shame, but when you would walk in, you no know, four guys... Yes.
0: It, it happened once, and I left. I mean, I'm like, man, this... I don't know, dude. Did they, we like, didn't hang out.
3: Did they, like, look I, at you, like, you want to come sit on the couch with us, or... Uh, Were you invited? So, no.
0: Uh, no, in fact, no. I was... I came... I forget what I was doing, but I, I, I come into our, our room, and and you know, like, this dude that I lived with would play video Games. He he I went to UD and this guy knew a bunch of dudes from his hometown that you know we all went to college together, which was fine, whatever. So they would play video games. That really went my jam. So but oftentimes, like he and his buddies from his hometown would play video games, and occasionally I'd grab the uh the controller and play L95, and it would be a good old time. One time I come in and it's like the same cast of characters, and but there's you know, like VHS tape porn on. <laughs> It's not like watching it on the, cause I'm old. It's not like on the internet where you're sort of just scrolling through and you know, whatever. I mean, so I'm, I'm like, that's about to happen here. Something what's going on. And and I kind of, after a few minutes said, you know, I don't, I don't want to see what's after this. I don't want to see what's next. I mean, there's, there's really only a handful of ways this Literally. can reach its conclusion. And I, I don't, I, I don't want to be here for it. So I, I went and did something, but yeah, that, that happened. That And I don't really remember having a conversation with him about it, but um it never happened again so I, I don't i don't know if they're like uh, the nintendo busted and somebody pulled out a tape and hey let's watch this i don't know busted what happened right. yes well, but the, the dudes were watching porn in our in our room Dudes rocking
1: shut up the dudes
3: shut yes. the dudes <laughs> watch the porn. we have got
1: either. a similar story but i won't tell it to the next time we Coop.
3: well how about after we stop recording because this nah. game's going extra. I got
1: I to gotta jump into mine.
3: No, Hunter Strickland's no way he's giving up a run here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no yeah,
3: way. We, 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 we <laughs> can for the next time. Uh, <laughs> my final thoughts, uh, make sure you uh, go to the sports gallery to get all of your Marge Shot memorabilia. And do you How much Marge Shot stuff do you have, Kelly?
2: I do not think there's a single Marge Shot no,
3: no signs, swastikas or anything.
2: No, no. I I try not to carry things like I don't know Nazi
1: paraphernalia. But do you have any Carlos Gómez memorabilia?
2: No, but I, <laughs> it would be not for sale. If I did, it would be priceless.
1: Bring, bring it. it. I'm bringing it, it.
2: When is
4: the uh, the Tommy Pham signing?
1: Yes. yes.
2: <laughs> do you mean when he signs our marriage certificate? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I can ring in. <laughs>
3: You should have him in for a signing, though. I'd, I'd show up for that.
2: Yeah, I'm not having anybody in from the current team, but I don't know. Maybe someday if they stop sucking. What about Kyle Farmer? No, well, I have a lot of Kyle Farmer things from the last time he was in. Nice, nice guy. Also sort of a small mouth, but not like Tyler Malley.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a whole other podcast.
3: Oh, and it was. It was.
4: Yeah. Small mouth thing. I heard it. it. Watching Jamison Tyon pitch the other night also, like, incredibly small mouth. And I never noticed until hearing the small mouth conversation. And now I can't (laughs) stop noticing. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's
2: all I can think about is that, like, I feel like it's hard for him to enjoy an iPhone or, I don't know, use a normal, use the big spoon. It's. No. The soup, the soup spoon. The soup spoon. Never no, no. That motherfucker is never using a soup spoon. He's like slurping it out the side of the bowl. Maybe speaking, no
3: soup spoon. Speaking of the big spoon, shout out to Doug Gray. Shout out. To... <laughs> yeah. Doug Gray
2: Shout out Dongless.
3: Dongless. Shout out to Dongless. He loves it Correct. when you call him Dongless on Twitter. Yeah.
4: I've called him that.
3: I- I've called him that so much that now auto perfect. his name autocorrects to that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's a badge of honor, right there.
3: It is. Um, Doug couldn't be on because he's doing his work, you know, trying, trying to make money, you know, a living like a loser. Yeah. No. Well, cool. Are you
1: coming to the games next weekend?
3: Um, One of them. I
2: can try.
1: Callie, y'all coming?
3: We can um,
2: try. Not do anything else. Though. I'll come to the games.
3: What? Uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, the twenty.
1: Well. First series against the uh, Cardinals on after the All Star break.
3: I can try to come to one
1: of those. I'll be Friday, Saturday, Sunday games. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: We could have a we could have a whole gathering. Wick, you can
1: fly in. Real quick, Mo. Y'all having a show Friday somewhere? I think we're like at two o'clock. Um oh, so all gonna I'm
0: be actually, in studio. Uh, what, what, what next? What next? Uh, Friday? Yeah. What the hell are we doing? Uh, uh we you know I our yeah I'm I'm doing our show from the studio three to six. Okay, come I'm come there. Come up, come up, hang out. <laughs> uh, what the hell else we got going on? Uh, uh, and then I'm going to the game Saturday with my wife. Oh, nice. And she's really excited. She's also
2: a big fan of your wife, Mo. It,
0: you're a big fan of my wife? Yes, yeah, she's extremely nice. She is extraordinarily nice. She is. She's exceptionally friendly. Yes. That's I think it's an
1: good. early game on Saturday, isn't
0: it?
3: Is it a four? Uh, it's a
0: 640. Oh, okay. Oh, it is 640?
1: Oh, I thought it
0: was a... Right, we told our babysitter to show up at five, but I, I hope it's not at four. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> All right, well... Thanks, everybody, for being on, and uh, we will talk to you all later.
1: Cincinnati, Ohio,
5: Cincinnati, where the river winds, Close the
0: mason and the mix of mine, and the waves for me I know Cincinnati, Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio, Cincinnati,
5: Ohio.